Don't let folding get in your way. Meet Foldymate. It folds, so you don't have to. The, the time when someone will be able to buy one of your cars and literally just take their hands off the wheel and go to sleep and wake up and find that they've arrived, how far away is that to do that I safely? I think that's about, that's about two years. But the, so the, the, the real trick of it is not, you know, how do you make it work, say, 99.9% of the time? Because like, like, if, if a car crashes, so say, one in a thousand times, then you're probably still not going to be comfortable falling asleep. And um, he's like, I think the three of us should do that, that's, like you know, you a podcast because <laughs> um, uh, he's got the older kids. My kids are a little bit older. You've got the youngest. Yeah. So just just sort of like, a, you know, he's sort of I'm on the I'm a little bit further than you. He's further than both of us. And like the three of us could just talk about parenting stuff. I was like, hey, I can see it working. Yeah, um, no, I can totally work. But I just there's something. Um, the, there's definitely something about your 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 last two that I really uh, I'm just really digging, and it's actually they're they're more like even uh, not not that I'm like crying while I'm reading it, but like they're 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 hitting me like like heartstring kind of stuff. Like they're just really mm. they're, they're kind of moments that I remember, and I'm like, man, I wish I wrote this down. But it's kind of cool that you wrote it down because I can relive. That same. I'm trying to think now. I should have had an example, but um, it feel. I feel like it's getting better as you mm. go. And I think, like you said, it could just be because there's, you, she's giving you more material. <laughs> like you've got more. You know, she's she's not just like a blob lying in a in a swaddle. But yeah. um, but and, the and cool thing also, is, you're, you're also just you can relate to this more because I think uh, you remember this a little bit more. It's probably more akin to even life now in some ways, right? Yeah, like I'm not that far removed, but I'm uh, there's enough of a distance where you kind of you always want to kind of go back in time, right? And kind of go back to the oh, I wish I could go back to when they were small and um so anyway, it's just kudos, man. Like I, I feel like it's getting better and oh, thanks, and, and you know, Phil and I so uh Phil is the name of the guy with the podcast and what's interesting is like he was talking about you and just like cuz he's looked at I guess your stuff now and, and from listening to our podcast, we, we sort of just kind of traded notes and I know you've talked about it, but it, it hit me for the first time that this is a great this is a great time for you to be, I think, targeting this audience because dads are doing way more than ever before. Mm -hmm. um, but there's not a lot of content for dads. So, yeah. and kind of serendipitously um god just really hitting the podcast here uh this morning I, w I was listening to the masters of scale podcast the reed hoffman one and mm -hmm. he was interviewing i can't remember her name but she um was the co-founder of Flickr, and then was an angel investor in uh, etsy kickstarter and her mo is uh communities so she um it, it was all about like how do you foster community? And, and her thesis is that the best internet products are really communities, even if it's an e-commerce store or even if it's a blog, like it's, it's a community. Mm -hmm. And you should listen to this because it might inspire you, but it just got me thinking that I feel like what you, what you have to do with this when you, when you launch it or on, on your website is 
just having a way to really build this community of of like letting these dads connect to each other without you also like you're moderating but having a way for the people who are going to be following your your stuff to communicate without just through you does that make sense yeah um I wonder how you do that though. Like you start like a forum of some sort. I guess so. Like whether it's even just comments or whether it's a meetup or um, uh, a podcast, like you said, where you start interviewing other uh, dads who Mm -hmm. uh, like, I think there's a way that you can really engage. I I think there's a, a very underserved community and it sounds like it's hitting a chord, even for someone like Phil, who is not a new parent. He has teenagers, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of resonates with that. Anyway, I think there's a big opportunity where I could see this becoming a really kind of thriving community for you. So I don't uh, know. I just feel like like a bunch yeah. of things collided for me today. It was like, and then that post I, I sent you about Medium and like mm-hmm. um, the drawbacks of having it all on Medium and then... Um, anyway, my advice to you is like, I'm happy to help too, but like, just how do, how do you make sure that if medium disappeared, you don't lose this community that you're building and how do you even foster it to get bigger or something? I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I fucked up because I put it on medium. Uh, I like writing on medium and that was a problem. Um, but really we talked about this a while ago, like most of my traffic doesn't even come from medium most of it comes from like facebook or twitter or just outside of medium so like i really don't need them in any way but then they also own all my stuff now they don't own it own it but it's like i can't if i want to do say a pop-up to collect emails or anything like that i just can't really do that in a clean way Um, yeah but no but, but but why don't you do what they said where you Go back to hosting it yourself. Who cares about yeah, the pa- like, yeah, yeah, and then just use your distribution that you have built on Medium. So post it a, a month later, three weeks later, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, now you're kind of back to where you didn't want to be, which was now you have to like build a, a website to collect yeah. emails and all that. Yeah. But I feel like it's not a pencil problem anymore. It was because you hadn't started writing yet and you were trying to build your website before you had built the habit of writing, but you already have the habit of writing now. So you don't need to like, now it's not a pencil problem. It's a, it's a problem you have. Like you, how do you, you know what I'm saying? I think you can justify investing that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I guess in my mind, the way I see it working is this is like the Holy grail of things. Like I, I started an Instagram account with, uh, with Abby. Yes. Yes. Um, and then partly it's because like I, I was like, fuck, I looked at my Instagram. It's all baby pictures and Alicia's <laughs> yeah. Instagram, all baby pictures. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, this is like taking over my life, my identity. Um, so I want to start an Instagram that it's for us too, but you know, for uh, connecting for other people, but I have that, I have the blog and then I'm going to do the e-commerce thing as the experiment, but I'm going to sa- sell like dad centric onesies yes, for babies. Yes. Yes. Um, so and hopefully they all kind of connect in a nice trifecta. And um, if I do this Kickstarter thing properly, um, I might even, uh, you know, as a reward, throw in one of some of these onesies in there too. That's a great um, idea. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, there's some some ideas. But um, recently, I've been having more doubts about the whole thing. But and I, I feel like I'm becoming 
too much of this like loud dad who people find annoying. No, I think it's the opposite. I think that's your your lizard brain. It's like you're you know you're approaching something and now you're trying to find reasons to self sabotage. I have objective data from outside of you <laughs> saying that it's it's the opposite that I think it's actually resonating more. So I would say uh, quiet the lizard and keep keep going. Okay, let me ask you this question then. If I were to do a Kickstarter, yeah. um, or if I were to make this a book, could you name ten people that you would guarantee would buy it? Yes. Wow, that's fucking quick. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Twenty. Twenty people. No. Okay. But between ten and twenty, for me personally, yes. Yeah. Okay. And and not even really stretching. Like maybe a few people, I'd just be like, "Yo, buy this book." Um. Because not even because they're not parents, like they're all dads. It's just mm-hmm. some of them don't like to read or they're not like they're not that kind of dad or they're not going to sit down and want to read this book. But I would I would tell them, no, no, you will really like this book. Just trust me on this. Buy it. Or I would buy it and gift it to them for sure. So mm. you could put me down for 20 copies if, in that boat where I would be <laughs> where I would be just gifting it. But um, but no, absolutely. I can think of um, for sure. Ten. That's 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 an easy that's an easy okay. one, yeah. Um, because my other strategy I'm thinking about is like uh, to have like a whole army of people that I gift the book to that would just go and write positive reviews um, to seed this. I don't know. So many, uh, so but, many different. No, but, things. no, but if you do, if you do Kickstarter, I don't think you need to. Uh, yeah, we, we should do an episode on that because yeah, if yeah, you yeah. if if you go Kickstarter, that's kind of, uh well. I can give you a little bit of inside baseball from what I know about Kickstarter. Yeah. Just from my uh my tilt days, but mm-hmm. I think that if you were going to do the self-publishing like Amazon style, then you'd really need to focus on getting early quick reviews, but if you're doing Kickstarter, the just the number of backers you have is really your that that's the clout. So True. True. Uh now when it gets out, when it actually launches, that's when you'd need to um go back to everybody and, and come up with some kind of like review campaign or something. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, yeah, okay. I think everything you said, and then my only addition would be, and I'll keep my eye out if I find anything cool. Cause I don't know, something about a forum, like an online forum just feels so like old and not what, I don't know. It just feels kind of not what, you would want these days maybe it's even a facebook group or or something but finding a way for your community to talk to each other when you're not around but when you listen to that master yeah. of scale like it, you still have to shape the conversation and and guide it and i think that's where um where i kind of disagree with a lot of that stuff but th- this episode really kind of helped me see that oh yeah like you can there's a lot of you can't just like let it go you can't just put a bunch of people even if they all read the same shit and put them in a room and hope that they all get along like there's there's that curation but Mm -hmm. i think that you could start all of this almost even before somehow the 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 launch and then that would give you a lot of um yeah that that's ideally what should happen yeah but i also think like you know uh if i were to do this book thing it doesn't have to happen immediately after i finish it could be like end of next year or something i think it might be even good to have to have like um around christmas time and it it can be more around gifting 
Yeah, but then you're really looking at October, um, right? Like you'd have yeah. to launch it. Like you'd have to launch it. Uh, well, anyway, we can get into. But anyways, that. that's not a big deal though, because yeah. like the material is the material. Like it, it it applies now, but it applies, you know, a year yes. from now as well. Yes, for sure. Um. So, anyways, oh, thank thanks for the feedback, man. Did your did your buddy have any uh things that he? thought were bad or he'd want content he'd want me to talk about more i know a friend of mine she brought up that um she's like you gotta talk about more conflict with um you and your mm. wife a little bit yeah maybe so I, I did that a little bit and i started doing that more and like she told me around like month five or month six i started doing that i don't remember but um i don't know even when you read it is there some certain aspects that you're like uh i'm not really down with those kind of posts i'm down with i don't want to know too much about your baby's like I don't know. Did she pooped today, or she did this today? Not really. No, I mean, I. You know, I'll even counter and say that. I don't know, how I don't think you want to make it too much about, or, I feel like I would start to. You'd lose me a little bit if it was too much about the infighting, because there's there's a lot of that infighting that you could focus on if you wanted to, like, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, as long as you keep it light and, uh, well, and again, who knows, like if you're having actual real, you know, um, heavy kind of shit that that's kind of good to, to get to talk about, that's a different story. But I don't know. I feel like it kind of, it would turn it into something maybe different, more about relationships and about your, like if you're writing it for, you know, for Abby, I don't know. I, I feel like you could. To a whole other book just on little fights you get into mm. in your first year of marriage as well or sorry first year of well, that one too but yeah. uh, for first year of uh of having a kid so i don't know i, I think True. just keep doing True. what you're doing man i i the last two have been have been the best by far they they keep getting better so you're doing something thanks. right yeah thanks thanks dude um yeah cool um all right all right yeah well uh well, you know what? Let's just keep rolling here because I, I don't think we're even going to uh, – yeah, all right. Let's – are, 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 are we sticking to a script today? Is this what we're doing? I, I, yeah, I think, I think, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're going to – I'm going to guide us uh, guide us along here. I, I, I might or might not do these quick cuts that I was thinking of given yeah. that it's already Wednesday and get my energy level. I don't know if I'm going to – maybe I'll, I'll try to say that for next week. But let's let's try to keep some – We'll try to keep to some structure, um, and and even before, like, let's try to, you know, if we can knock it off before midnight, so fifty minutes. I think that would be a huge win for us. But who knows yeah. where the where the convo will take us. But um, all right, so okay. welcome everyone to Pencil Problems. This is episode number what are we sixteen? Fifteen. Yeah, sixteen. <laughs> 16. sixteen, yeah, sixteen. 16. Shouldn't have doubted. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, pencil problems is a show about problems that you think are important but really aren't. And um, I just want to start with a little quick. Uh, uh, so I feel like we kind of did our update. Uh, well, here I'll, I'll give you my quick update. I feel like you've given us your uh, your your update. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have a little fun little story uh, on mine. I'll keep it quick, but. Uh, I hired my first employee. Oh, and, nice. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ross Fenwick, my my father, and 
he uh, he's now uh, helping out a little. Where I I, I started get, getting to the point where my I couldn't carry the boxes with me downtown. To uh, I I used to just like throw them in my, in my backpack and then on my way to the office just mail them because mm-hmm. luckily there's literally a post office down the street. But they were getting um, I just had too many or the boxes were too awkward and it was freaking cold and so uh just threw it out there and ross uh offered to help and he's now doing my deliveries in the mornings which is great and nice so is he I've, packaging and packaging and shipping for no you? no i'm still he's he's just shipping and okay. i'm still packing um at night so like tonight after we're done i'll just run to the garage but it's nice i've got a nice little setup now i've got all my my boxes i've got like my industrial bubble wrap. I've got all my products kind of organized. So I've actually cut down my, my packing time by like 70, 80%. So I'm pretty oh, quick now. How and many, um, how, how many orders are you doing a week now? Oh man, I'm doing like, uh, doing about 27 orders a week. What? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's like, amazing. Yeah. So I've, I've, I struck on a good AdWords, um, a uh, good AdWords strategy, and mm-hmm. I'm actually adding six new products uh, in the next few days. So I'm just signing that agreement with another uh, ketone company uh, tomorrow, which is exciting. And um, yeah, so things are actually moving pretty, pretty, Dude, pretty that, good. That's that's really good, no? It is, but I'm I'm still I I uh, again I don't want to go too deep here, but. Um, I be be wary of free shipping. I think I did that way too soon and I'm I should have actually done some thinking into the math before just throwing a number up on the site that looked good. So <laughs> that is probably not good at all. The other thing is um I'm I'm now learning that I just need to order in bigger in bigger chunks because you never know when the border is going to be busy or not. So mm-hmm. because I'm importing this like like legitimately like i signed nafta certificates and shit like that um i have an order like i'm out i'm out of a product but it's stuck at the border right now so Mm. um i've upped my uh orders from instead of buying you know 12 or 24 of something i'm buying like 56 to you know 64 of something now just to have the the extra space so Mm. uh, sorry the extra buffer Mm -hmm. um and then um, one other gotcha that I can't remember, but yeah, free shipping I I think was not a good decision. Um, well, I, I mean, I actually want to I want to ask you on another pod, um, not to just make it all all about me, but just this idea of like, should I? I guess the the big question I'm wrestling with right now is I'm. I'm getting customers every day. So I have new people coming every day and Mm. they're either signing up for updates or they're ordering. And the cool thing is like, I'm getting good feedback. People are asking me questions and I'm answering them and they, they they have questions. Like they're asking about these products and about what I do. And, and I have imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm not really a health nutrition. I'm not, I'm certainly not a doctor. I'm not a health nutrition expert, at the same time, I do know a lot more than these people do about these products. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking about uh, dabbling into like a bit of content. Um, mm. So I guess my, my question is, um, like, do I like? Do you think that's a good idea, or should I just keep doing kind of hand to hand combat where 
people ask well, a question and then I answer them, even though the same questions are kind of coming up over and over. I would just do, I would do an FAQ. You direct them to the FAQ. You write the FAQ. The FAQ helps with your SEO. Um, gets you more traffic probably. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I would do that. It's kind of like, have you used DigitalOcean before? No. Um, so DigitalOcean, they do like kind of like uh, uh, essentially like hosting. You can get some web like space. You can rent essentially little computers and they have little setups for, I want to make a WordPress site or I want to make a, um, oh, okay. Know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And um, you're buying, you're essentially like using servers for your hosting websites and whatnot, but they have like amazing FAQ. Um, so if you look up anything around, like, uh, how do you set up uh, WordPress on, like, uh, if, if you have, like, a node, a node stack or something, yeah, you yeah, have, yeah. like, a, a meat yeah. stack, right? And they, they, if you Google it right now, I'm sure, like, in the first page, you'll see, like, a motion. Um, and I, I just, I'm like, wow, these guys are really good at these FAQ things because they're always popping up every, every time. And they answered so many of these questions. So I kind of feel like if you just do a nice FAQ page with pretty detailed information about these different, uh, maybe different products or what these things are. I think you're going to drive a lot more traffic too. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, the, the first three of the first three results, two of them are DigitalOcean for, uh, yeah. setting up WordPress mean stack. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, it, but, and do you think I should, um, okay. Last question, then we'll, we'll move on. But do you, would you go for, so I, I, again, in my head, I think I'm building a pencil problem where what's been stopping me from from writing this this FAQ or just these like, sh yeah, FAQ is I have this vision in my head of a really, a really big piece of content where it's, you know, ket ketosis 101 and I and I just go shot for shot. Here's everything I know about um, like just all you have to do is read this and it's going to tell you everything I know. And then if you have follow-up questions, you probably won't because everything I know is in this thing. Do you, would you go for that approach or would you go for the truthfully just like almost pulling questions directly from my intercom and then writing the answers? I, I do maybe long, longer form, but answering specific questions. Um, but I would do it, not I wouldn't do like a blog. I wouldn't start like a blog about this stuff, um, because I think you're, you're 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 too small. You're too nimble right now. And I think you need to be moving with purpose. So I think the FAQ addresses two problems instead of just one. So you get you answer people's questions, um, and you're these are questions that I'm sure like eighty percent of the questions are the same questions. Yeah, um, it it seems like that. It seems to be the same variations of four or five questions that keep popping up. Yeah, so you, you kind of kill those five questions, make them really good in your FAQ, and that's essentially doubling as your blog post. Would you put the FAQ, obviously I'd put a link to it in my in my header, would you put the like links to different parts of it in the, in the body of the homepage, or would you just put it in the header, and um, yeah, what would you do there? Mm. I guess just in the header. I, I, I haven't been to your site in a while. Check this out. What's the URL again? Uh, Ablecells.com. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice plug. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was purposeful. Um, so you're, you're asking, like, would you put it at, like, the bottom or something? 
Well, like as you're scrolling, so what, like when I look at the behavior of people, uh, sorry, I'm trying to move away, not move away from the mic here while I'm typing. Um, so I, if you look at the behavior, people will scroll down. Then I have bestsellers. Then mm. they will scroll past the bestsellers. Then they'll scroll back up and look at the bestsellers. Like, would I have it right under the bestsellers? Like, FAQ. Like, ba 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 ba. Like, and no, then I wouldn't put, put it, it there. Okay, so just keep no. it in the header. Yeah. I, okay. I think, the, I think you do a good job of showing product and the bottom part's all social proof. Like, here, here's like 250 customers are happy. You have your testimonials and then you have, you humanize it with your picture there. Um, I think you keep it like that. I think you, I think the more information you put, the more it's going to hurt your conversion. Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. I haven't I haven't forked out the money really for Optimizely, so I'm not doing any A/B testing. But I am. Uh, I what I'll do is I'll I'll do like one experiment a week on the homepage, and then yeah. I'll uh, just like see what happened to conversions. And um, okay, so that'll be my goal for for next week. So, oh, dude, this is amazing. Is, is this is this mortgage money yet? <laughs> no, no. So the, 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 okay, so okay. That's the problem. Like I haven't done a proper P and L. So okay. once I get a little bit of headroom, it's pretty busy right now at, at Hubba. So once I get a little headroom, I'm going to sit down and just figure out, um, yeah, like what the hell, like, am I actually making money? Like I'm not losing money. I, I'm not, I'm not losing any money, which is kind of fun. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm just playing with house money now. So, mm-hmm. um, but for the amount of work I'm putting in, it's like, ah, I should probably try to make some money. And yeah. I, I know I could, but ah, I don't know. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see, but okay. Thank you for, for that. So that's my, my update. Ross Fenwick, Able Cells employee number one, Nick is, uh, going to be doing the trifecta of the e-com, the Kickstarter, the community. And all right, we'll yeah, fill you in. See how this goes. What happens uh, next? Dude, this is awesome, man. You should put a get healthy, comma, stay smart, period. You got to put a period there, man. It bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. Noted. Nick Uh, uh, probably finds a lot of Oxford commas too, right? (laughs) Dude, this is is great, man. I'm I'm glad you're actually moving so much product. When you first started this, it's cool because at the start of this pod, you were just starting this. Yeah. And, you know, maybe moving one. Thing. even when we talked about this maybe a few pods <laughs> ago you're only moving like maybe 10 units uh, yeah i know so uh, a couple things are i'm trying to figure out what's happening but there, there's definitely so in the past couple of weeks something's happened and um it's a little bit of seo actually kicking in now um based on what i'm monitoring but, but believe it or not i'm getting uh, word of mouth which is really which is really good and I'm, I'm getting feedback from people saying um you know, like literally I have a, I have a testimonial here that says like your product is $4 cheaper on Amazon, but I, I love how fast you ship it and that you answer my questions. So I'm going to keep buying it from you. I was like, okay, mm. that's, that's good. Like I can, I can work with that. So, um, yeah, yeah. it's fun. We'll, we'll see. Definitely learning. Uh, and truthfully, like just going back to why I did this, my gosh, like I, I still don't know if I'm the right archetype or persona at Hubba, but the 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 visceral pain that I feel just running this on the side is it's been so uh, I feel like it's gonna be the same with you when Abby starts playing the games that you're building I mean mm. it's probably a couple of years away but you're yeah it's gonna to totally change the way you think when you when you can see like your flesh and blood 
interacting with it, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a cool, uh, b- being able to dog food like this is, is pretty cool. I'm actually, uh, I'm thinking of trying to pitch to my CEO. I think it's been thrown around before, but like, how could we get everybody at Hubba to do this? Like, could we get everybody on a team where they're like a buyer or something? I don't know. I'm going to try to, mm-hmm. um, I also find it crazy that you're, you have like an Instagram, a Facebook, a Twitter that you're maintaining as well. No, no I'm not really maintaining them. <laughs> Still, you know, you not have really. some stuff. A few things. I went. I went yeah. hard on Instagram for a little bit, but that that shit just. I don't know how. That shit's so hard to. You have to be so disciplined with your time. And uh, I mean, Twitter. I just naturally gravitate to because I love it. Uh, but Instagram, just finding the pictures, and then you have to, you know, you have to add the text, and you got to like basically design a picture. And oh god, it's exhausting. Yeah. But yeah. um, that's something that I'd be I'd be considering farming out if um, you know if I ever started making a little money I, I would because I think there's a ton of growth for this kind of stuff on on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, don't really have time to invest in that now. But it's cool because um, I think uh, your of your orders you get a month. I'm sure a lot of it is reoccurring. Same like customers coming back and. I think what you do have that's really good here is like a, a strong niche that is kind of underserved, especially in Canada. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's yeah. still, it's uh, it's still kind of fragile because there's no one like it's it's not, it's not like I have any kind of monopoly, right? So, the the big mm-hmm. advantage I have, I think, if like somebody listening just said, "Ah, I want to get in on this and start a store," is I do know these products really well, so. Uh, that's why I think if I can start flexing my knowledge and my my tricks and my kind of um, that that's my unique advantage with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I need to start flexing that more because I feel like others are going to enter. So I want to uh, build build my moat. <laughs> um, and uh, dude, I need to buy some uh, Alpha Brain from you. We still have to meet up. I'm supposed to trade you some Sago products. And uh, I got I got some stuff for the kids, and you gotta I gotta collect some Alpha Brain from you. Sounds good. It's still in my it's in my desk drawer waiting for you. So let's we'll, we'll, we'll right. meet up. Uh, this week's pretty bad, but let's meet up next week. Yeah, maybe next week. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we dive into uh, CES, I just want to pull up. We got one quick piece of feedback here, or it's actually a question. So we got a question from. Ah, ah, from Mr. Mr. Bax. Uh, Bax and I go way Bax. And uh, <laughs> he uh, he asked a question. Uh, hey, guys, I'm considering launching an email tool similar to Hunter.io. Nick, I'm not sure if you've ever used no. uh, that, but I can fill you in on what that is. And I want to hear your thoughts on email marketing. Do you have you used it in the past? Do companies still use it as a viable channel? So... This is a, I mean, I could talk about this for, for three hours, so I'll keep mine super tight here. So hunter.io mm-hmm. is a tool that lets you, actually, Nick, you would use this um, for outreach for your book. So if you went to a publisher's website, hunter.io is a Chrome uh, extension where you go on any website, you press this button in, your, in Chrome, and it mm-hmm. pulls up a list of any known email address with a confidence score that it has for that domain. Mm. 
Okay, so, so then I can find all potential uh, like agents or something. Exactly, exactly, and it's crowdsourced okay. too. So I mean, you know, you'll have your typical like info and sales at and all that jazz, but mm. uh, a lot of times it'll pull up just names. Like it'll say, you know, nshim at segomini dot com or whatever your email address yeah. is, yeah. Um, and um, it'll and then it'll say like you know sixty sixty seven percent of people said this worked. And it just kind of gives you that that confidence score. Right. So uh, we use it a lot when we were doing, you know, targeted outreach. For like, mm-hmm. I use it a lot at Hubba for if there's a certain brand I want, I I'll try there first. It's very cheap. Um, you pay per request almost. So if you mm-hmm. you know you just pay like you get like a thousand or something requests for I don't know I want to say like seven or eight bucks. Anyway, it's powerful mm-hmm. tool. Okay. Um, so it's so, more for people like, uh, business people, uh, people who are in sales, people who want to reach yeah. out to people real quick. That's okay. right. I think they have an API, but last I checked, it was pretty unreliable because you still need to sort through like, you know, a lot of times you get a lot of garbage when you press the button. So if you had an API, it's hard to tell the API how to sort through that garbage. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not, it doesn't scale. Let's put it that way. Like you kind of have to sit there, block off 40 minutes of your day build a list of people you're going to outreach to using Hunter and then spend the next 40 minutes or the next day actually doing the outreach. Mm. Um, so, I mean, do companies think it's still viable? A hundred percent. I mean, uh, email is by far a great way to, to, uh, to engage with people. I think that if you pick good subject lines and you experiment with that, it's, it can be really helpful. Um, I think that email marketing, though, I just my alarm bells goes off where you you sort of hear like spam. So you you just got to be careful, not only because it's it's illegal in Canada now and uh, the states have um, some pretty strict laws on it. But uh, this is kind of controversial, but like spam works if it's good. So like and I don't even consider it really spam if it's done properly so think about when somebody reaches out to you with a legitimate offer that actually adds value to your life you can mark that as spam like that's technically an unsolicited spam email Mm -hmm. um but if i'm like if i find pencil problems just randomly and i send nick an email saying hey i'm really excited about this book i want to help you promote it nick didn't ask for that email that's unsolicited so technically you could say that's spam um but it, but it's clearly not. I mean, here's someone who's actually trying to make a connection and adding value. So my rule of thumb is, if you if you can look at yourself in the mirror and truly say that you're adding value to the person on the other end, and you're not trying to trick them or you're not trying to dupe them or sell them something they don't need, then you can you know you can with confidence reach out to them unsolicited and say, I have something I think you'd be interested in. Um, now, if you do that. 500,000 times a month, you're kind of entering a different class. But what I actually do is I will buy email lists, but very targeted uh, public email lists. So there's companies out there who will organize public data. So it's not illegal to buy public data from a company who's just organizing it on the web. So in our industry, there's a lot of conferences, Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, trade shows and stuff like that. Mm So there's these data companies that will just start making connections like, hey, this company went to five trade shows and they got that information by just looking at the trade show's website and seeing the same name, um, you know, four or five times. 
and mm. th the trade shows will just publish the names of the people who went to the to the to the conference and most of the time their emails are there too so um, sometimes the emails aren't there and then you have to do maybe like LinkedIn do like a, try to make a connection or find a find someone who can make an introduction but at the end of the day if you're adding value and you're you're doing it at a human scale instead of a, like a robotic scale uh, email marketing does work and Bax, if you're if you're seriously thinking of launching an email tool like hunter I think that's awesome I think it's a lot of work so I'd just be worried that you're you're I don't know if you know how hard building something like that might be. So just make sure that you're, you're breaking it up into like small enough chunks to make progress on it. Cause that's a big ass project. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my two cents. Nick, do you have anything to add? Um, personally, I, I kind of hate getting, like I get solicited all the time at Sego, like a whole bunch of people have of like, Hey, just let, let's try it. I have this new tool that's going to help you, um, I don't know, improve your app analytics or it's going to help you do A-B testing this way or whatever. And I find it very, I find it kind of annoying. Um, I also think that uh, when we, so we, we, we've used once, I think the, like, like you were saying, like a, like one of these public domain um, email lists. And I found that actually it didn't convert the greatest. Like there was pretty, there were pretty like low quality users. Um, I don't know if you, 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 you thought the same thing or not. Uh, I think it depends. Like it's just, to me, your industry is a lot harder because you're selling. Um, okay. Let, let, let me, let me flip it the other way. Mm -hmm. So let's say you, uh, you know, you, so at Sego, you guys have physical toys. Mm -hmm. So if you got it, okay. I know, I know you don't run that division, but if, if you are the person running that division, got an unsolicited email saying, Hi, I'm Kent from Hubba, and this is like what a typical email would be. Um, I have seven buyers in New York, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Texas, and Toronto that want to buy your products. Um, mm -hmm. And and here they are. Like you can go look at like here's like here's a link to go show you the people. Um, would you like to talk to them, or would you like me to make an introduction? Now, a lot of times the the feedback we get is like it just sounds too good to be true. So some people think it's spam. Mm. But like, would you consider that like a shitty unsolicited email? No, no. And I, I'm just, I'm just, I guess, speaking from like my perspective of getting a lot of these emails and my, my email probably gets scraped and you know, which, which is whatever it is what it is. But, um, in terms of the Hunter IO, I think it's, I think it's good in terms of, uh, it solves a definite need and people obviously use it and I'm not really in this world, I guess. So I wouldn't really use something like this that much, but I can see how I might use something like this. Um, I guess what I'm wondering is like, could you do, could you do something a step further than this? Because like Hunter IO is already there. You're gonna build something else. You're gonna have to compete with Hunter IO. Can you almost build that tech to scrape emails, but almost do like a layer above that, where I don't know, like you could use this for like uh, as. It's like a LinkedIn kind of thing, like for people finding jobs or people finding dates or people, um, I don't know, finding very specific things. Like if, if it was like you and the buyer, like you're talking about Ken, um, uh, as like a purveyor of toys or something, you're trying to find potential buyers of that. Um, I don't know, but almost providing like a, like a service level above this. Um, 
Interesting. Because ultimately, I, yeah. like I don't know, like if if it's if it's me in the book thing, for example, I just want to find uh, dads out there who would be interested in buying a book. But I don't even know what sites to go to to scrape this information. Ah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're saying like, oh man, I, I think this is a great idea. So um, we wanted something like this at Tilt a lot, where we would. Even something as simple as like, make me a list of all the subreddits that have to do with with like this topic. Like, there's some of these sites that exist, but if I can kind of jump on what you're saying and, and twist it a little, it's like any kind of service that takes information that's already out there but organizes it in a way where you all like all you have to do is say, "I'm looking for 50 dad email addresses," instead of you having to go and um, uh, the only worry there is you, you, you could start getting into like a lot of like, where did you get this email? How do I know this is legitimate? Like, um, cause like, I don't, I don't see dads just like putting their, their stuff out there the way that companies tend to for, no, but um, I, I guess, but would these people just be like, would, would this layer almost be like, you're looking for, um, the right channels that hit the demographic you're looking for so it's almost uh, like, okay like, yeah um more ground level facebook targeting in a way you know right. like like like, you, like uh like 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 build like a demographic profile of like 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 how do i target dads yeah oh uh, yeah, yeah that's cool so so basically do what facebook is kind of doing but do it via email like build a service that does it for email that's really powerful i don't know how you do that um, but you know, part of it is you're going to have to kind of map out these demographics, uh, these different personas of people. You have different websites that you have a database of websites that you kind of pull and you kind of tag them, associate them with different kind of people and people types. And you're essentially just hitting those lists, I guess. What would your subject line be if you could, if you could reach 5,000 Canadian dads in tech and you had one chance to sell them. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Man, I, would, I would call you. That's what I would do. I would, <laughs> I would call you the ultimate snake oil salesman to help me. Hey, I take, I resent that, but I'm, I'm also flattered. <laughs> Thank you. And I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know That's a lot of pressure, man. I, I, I've, I have problems sending emails out to like my list of like 10 people. <laughs> yeah i hear you man i my 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 stomach still uh my stomach still goes in a knot every time i send a bulk email to anybody and i think that's a good sign because it's kind of scary when you're sending you know uh so much could go wrong you could have missed something you know it's it's not a it's not for the faint of heart so yeah um but yeah i like your i like your feedback so Bax, i hope that um gives you something to to work with and uh yeah thank you Actually, for... if, if, if you do if you do run with that idea um you'll cut me in cut me of in course. homie well and me too of course i mean that's part of our terms of service by yeah, by listening yeah, to this definitely, yeah definitely. you owe us five percent of uh of all products <laughs> um and also that gives me uh i'll just sort of jump on this to say nick i think you said it last time so We'd love to hear from you and uh, do something as simple as that. Where if you have a quick question and you want to get an answer, we can uh, just like you know give us uh, give you our two cents. 
So you can just email hello at pencilproblems.com or you can hit us up at pencilpod.com. No, is it pencilpod on Twitter? Yeah, pencilpod, yeah. I think. Hang on. Or is it the pencilpod? Um, ah, let me check. Side, side, sidebar, but do you think building tools is a very developer kind of mindset thing to do? Because I guess when I when when I was thinking about this, I was wondering, a is Bax a developer? Is he is he a dev? He's a growth he's a growth dev. Yeah, he's a okay. he's a half marketer, half developer. Um, because I find like devs jump to building tools, and I'm I'm kind of like that. Um, because you want to build a tool to kind of automate something or speed something up, make something easier. But I do think a tool is not really a product product in some ways like you're you're, you that maybe that's 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 wrong no no i i hear you and i'll can i can i throw in a quick tangent here yeah so did i ever show you that thing i built called mixer Mm, i don't know i don't think so so mix it's too bad the domain just sort of expired on me so it's not live yet but i'll try to get it back up because it's it's a it's a fun little experiment i did where i was using a product called mix panel and Mixpanel was missing one very small feature. Believe it or not, for the longest time, you could not download your Mixpanel results to a CSV Mm. file. You can do that now. You can do that now, but you couldn't for like two or three years. Mm. So all I did is built a tool where you would send me... So Mixpanel did have a webhook function. Mm -hmm. So I built an entire tool around you... I give you a webhook address you post that webhook in Mixpanel and I send you a CSV file. Mm. That makes sense? Useful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was the weirdest thing because literally there was no feature to do this and all I was doing was basically building a product feature for for Mixpanel. And what's so fascinating because the reason why I got thinking of this is um, building the actual uh, technology to do what I just described took five, less than five minutes. Or, or even less than that. Like it literally took me two minutes. It was like one stream of consciousness. It's like, oh yeah, post data to URL, format data, spit out to CSV. I've done that a thousand times in my life as a as a Ruby developer. Mm-hmm. But it took me three months to turn that into a product where somebody could go to the website, sign up, get instructions on, okay, here's where you, like, here's how you create one of these hooks. Here's where it lives. Here's what happens if something goes wrong. Here's some feedback in case you, like, put the wrong URL in or, like, all these things that actually made it a product. Mm -hmm. And it gave me so much respect for when I shit on product on or products in general. Like, the the technology is, is normally pretty easy or, like, the underlying kind of magic that you're doing unless you're doing something just totally novel, it tends to be pretty easy because you're either doing it yourself mm-hmm. or like me, you're just leveraging a library. Like I just leveraged a CSV library. So it, the, the the code to do it was four lines of my code and maybe 2,000 lines of somebody else's code. Mm-hmm. So, but the product part of it uh, took way longer. And uh, anyway, I just want to, I I think that, and I know Bax. I know him very well, and he suffers from pencil problem itis. Bax, if you're listening, you got so many pencils in your drawer, my friend. And <laughs> I think that sometimes building a really cool tool is a pencil problem against building the product because 
it's really hard to build a cohesive product. It's not that hard to build a piece of technology. So, um, it backs, it's almost like it's, it's almost like there's a tool and then humanizing the tool is yeah, the product. Yeah. Like how, how, how is, okay. So then, so I had to put my, like, how is somebody going to find this? So that was easy. Cause I was like the number one search result. Actually, I, th- I still think I'm like number one or number two. If you type in mixed panel CSV, I'm, I'm mm. definitely close. Um, I made like, I, I, I did okay on this little, uh, um, mm. cause it, like I said, there's so many people searching for it. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, okay, how are they going to find it? How am I going to convince them that this thing actually, so that's kind of like the growth parts of it, like the, or the marketing parts of it. But mm. then, yeah, like this is kind of weird. Like why would somebody use this external tool? Like what if I'm like, now do I have access to their data? Like, am I, am I stealing their data? now I have to convince them that no, 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 no. Like I don't actually look at your data. I don't keep your data. Like all of these things that you don't kind of think about when you just get excited and like, Oh, I'm going to build this tool. Sure. Like it'll work for you and your friends. But if you, if you really want to share this, then it, that's where all the work really happens. Mm-hmm. And, and again, yeah. Bax, yeah. I'm going to call you, I'm going to call Bax out here. Bax actually built this incredible uh, backlink checker tool uh, that okay. was a, a really cool piece of technology. So I could um, put in a, a URL and he could tell me how many backlinks I had. Uh-huh. So kind of there's like a, H, a, Hrefs kind of thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of tools that do that that cost a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I was like, Bax, like this is pretty cool. Like you've got a real uh, – so Bax runs a, a, uh, an app called Startup Timelines where he takes snapshots of what companies have looked like over time. It's actually really cool. He's been on hmm. Product Hunt and, and TechCrunch where – so if you go to like Product Timelines, Airbnb, he'll show you what Airbnbs look like over the past you know 10 years, like the homepage and all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, and very cool. Um, so he actually used this, this internal, uh, backlinking thing to help him build uh, startup timelines. And he's like, yo, I think I can turn this into like a competitor for, for Moz or Ahrefs. Yeah, yeah. And, but as we started talking through it, I, he hadn't thought through that, that, that the backlink tool, even though it was a lot of technical work, that's easy, but, but f- finding a way to build it into a cohesive product is not yeah it's just not trivial. It's, it's not trivial. Yeah. And yeah. I think your, your brain just thinks, Oh, I can just like use bootstrap and throw some CSS on this and boom, like I, I got myself a, a product and it just, it just doesn't work like that. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I'm looking at mixer right now and it's, yeah, it's exactly, it's, it's bootstrap. <laughs> wait, wait, is it back on? Is it back on? Yeah, I see it. Mixer.ewaken.com. It's all hey. like in bootstrap. It's, it's, it's good. And like you have 20% of mixer profits go to charity. This guy's always gaming, always gaming here. So, okay. So, okay. Hang on, hang on. Just check this out. So did you go through the flow where you say, do you use mixed panel? Yes or no? Uh, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on this thing and this was my, what my highest converting. Okay. So if you want, if you want to follow along, if you go to mixer, M I X R dot com, this is my highest converting landing page. Now traffic was super, uh, like uh, contextual because it was literally just about mixed panel, but this little like yes or no kind of yeah. game that I did really, um, like it it worked. It, it was weird. Like it it converted so well that mm-hmm. um, I had like a ninety two percent conversion rate on if people started clicking through, they would yeah. they would act they would get through. It was pretty cool. Um. 
Wow, the, the, how, how big of a list did you build from this? Uh, about 270, 280 people. Damn. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yo, I'm going to, maybe I'm going to jack this, man, if I make my, my website <laughs> for the book stuff. Um, yeah, it's ah, just nice, basic. Nice. It's, it's just basic bootstrap. Um, and uh, I, I, I noticed... Uh, sidebar here i noticed uh backs i assume it's the same backs on uh twitter he asked uh how has diet and exercise influenced your creative abilities and overall performance oh that's right yes thank you um i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna answer for this man i i i feel like this applies to everybody in general i don't know if it's just creative abilities or overall performance i just think like when i eat like shit i feel like shit when I exercise in the morning, I feel amazing and I feel like I'm killing it until like two and then I hit a wall and I need coffee. <laughs> um, but I was doing this experiment where I was trying to be a vegetarian for a month and I couldn't focus at all and I was constantly hungry and I found it really hard to focus. Um, but I, I don't know about, about, about you. I know a, a a friend of mine, he does uh, yoga. I uh, sorry, he does meditation every morning. Um, for like, I think he does it for like an hour every morning. Holy cow, that's a lot. Um, but he, 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 he says it's really good. Um, and it puts him in a good mindset for the rest of the day. Um, I tried that. I was using um, ah oh, shit, what's that? What's that app? Uh, Headspace, Calm. Yes, I was, yes, Headspace. I was using Headspace. I was trying to do it every morning on the train for five, ten minutes, and it was good. Uh, I just couldn't keep up with it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I uh, In general, I find like, if I exercise in the morning, I feel amazing. I, I don't know about you, Ken. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying something with diet and exercise. And, uh, I, I mean, I've, I was very lucky that... When I was in university, we lived two doors down from a uh, Buddhist temple, so mm-hmm. I had an unfair advantage of uh, learning how to meditate when I was pretty, pretty young, and have actually kept that up um, almost. I, I mean, I'm almost daily uh, ten or fifteen minute uh, meditator. So mm. um, I absolutely can't say enough good things about that. And um, there's this great new book actually for if you've if you've tried it and you haven't gotten into it. Um, and you want to take a different approach. It's called um, uh, Meditations for the Fidget, Fidgety Skeptic by Dan mm. Harris. It's, it's really, mm. really good. Um, he has an app too called 10% Happier. That's uh, that's really fun. Um, and uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's just about knowing what works for you. So I've tried for five years probably to get up early and exercise and it's never stuck. No matter how yeah. much I try to... Yeah. make it stick it doesn't stick and i'm starting to i, I just i don't think it's going to work for me so getting up in the morning and exercising it's not going to happen um i tend to do my best exercise midday so i'm like a lunch workout kind of person and mm-hmm. um i find that that's when i get my best kind of uh, output and when i feel the best afterwards but i i think you kind of summed it up like um you know pay the doctor or pay the farmer is sort of my, my feeling on the, you know, food. So yeah, if you eat good food, you'll feel pretty good. If you eat bad food, you're, you're not going to feel good. And I think the, the million dollar question that nobody has a good answer to yet, or people are starting to find is, 
you know, some people do well on keto, some people do well on low carb, some people do well on vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. You just have to try all of them and see what works for you. Cause I'm the same. I tried vegetarian for three months and uh, was a no go for me. Uh, my wife tried keto and her doctor basically said, you are going to die if you keep this up. Whereas my doctor said, holy shit, this is like, you're responding really well to this. So you just got to try and see what works for you. But I doubt that, you know, Doritos and Diet Coke is going to work for you. Even though you might think it is, if you were to actually, you know, go on a healthier diet, you'd probably reach some new level you didn't even know was, was possible. So, or you um, take a, take a cold, have you tried taking a cold shower in the morning? Like I've tried smack, that. It's like a yeah. smack in the face. Oh man, it gets you, gets you right up. Do you, do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I was doing it for a little bit. Um, cause this is a time when I was, uh, doing the tough mutters and stuff. So I take a cold shower in the morning because part of one of the things is like you have to swim in an ice bath. And I was like really scared of that. So I started taking cold showers and oh man, I, I was like super alert. I, I didn't need a coffee. I was like good to go. Yeah. So um, uh, Tony Robbins uh, like swears that. Yeah. If, like you, that. You, yeah. You get some like um, it actually kicks these weird things in your body that that like, yeah, you basically go into like fight or flight. But it like you don't need coffee if you if you yeah. do it right. Yeah. Yeah. I should um, try that. But the meditation stuff is cool, and I, I, I've always wanted to do more of that in the morning. But I started walking from the go train station to to work, and it's like a twenty minute walk. But it's like a, it's like a quiet time, and I think you need a bit of that quiet space in the morning before you get into the office, and it's like go go. Um, you know, it, it, you're subconsciously kind of planning your day before you get into your day. Now, uh, and do you not listen to music or anything while you walk? Uh, it's, it's sometimes, sometimes I, sometimes I listen to podcasts. Sometimes I'm just, just walking. Yeah. I try to just walk, but I always end up putting on a podcast or, or an audio book. Yeah. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. just walk. <laughs> I, I, I seriously think I have a problem. Like I've, I've tried, like, I can't get to, I, I can't even get to King street. Uh, cause I do the same thing. I, I walk from union up to, uh, Adelaide and yeah. I can't even get to King street without being like, Oh fuck it. I gotta listen to a book. I'm I'm wasting so much time just walking um, when I could be walking and listening. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of mental when it comes to that stuff. But Um, we should should do another episode at some point about like routines. Uh, Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah. Well, here we are, 10 minutes away from our scheduled stop and we haven't (laughs) even gotten into our topic. Um, you know what, man? It's gonna be quick, man. It's not gonna be that long. All right. Well, Nick, why right. don't you? Well, why don't you tell us? Um, okay. How about this? I'll 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 constrain you. I want to hear. Um, I know you have notes, but I'm 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 gonna throw you I'm gonna throw you for a loop here. So yeah. let's let's see how you can how you can re how you can react to it. I want to know what what's the obviously just like like best in show. Okay, sorry. We're talking CES. So Nick went to the CES show in Las Vegas. So I want to know like what is absolutely favorite coolest best in show. I want to know what's something that everybody thought was cool but in your mind you're like fuck no, that's never going to happen or that's totally stupid or like just like no, mm. like looks cool but has no actual value and what's sort of like a kind of like maybe like a sleeper hit that none of us would have maybe heard of or seen anything that, that you think is, is going to just like set, set the world on fire. Oh uh, shit. 
Um, or, okay, or you so, can just read, or you can just read off of your notes. If, if, if no, that's, I don't have notes. I actually didn't finish my notes. I did some stuff for the kids side of things for for work, and then I started getting into the other parts, um, the more general part. And I didn't. I, I actually didn't have one 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 slide, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, okay, but that okay. probably makes your your CEO feel a lot better sending you because if you came back like, okay, there was a talking robot and there was a vacuum cleaner and there was a car, <laughs> oh yeah, and like there was this kids game and then there was this other cool thing, he'd be like, yeah, we're not sending Nick back there next year. <laughs> no, it, okay, the the hard part with CES, I find uh, you you you've never been right. It, I've n- I've never been. No, it's like uh, there's just so much to see that you don't really see anything or mm. you don't appreciate what you're seeing because it's like walking to like a Best Buy and then you see like <laughs> hundreds of TVs all around yeah. and you're like, okay, that's cool. Like, and then I, like pick, pinpointing exactly why this one's cooler than the other, you just, you just get like kind of sensory overload. Um, like one example, which was actually kind of cool was, um, I don't know if you heard about this already, but they had this one area it looked like almost like a cave and it was like a whole bunch of just like curved walls and they were showing like uh like a waterfall projection on all these screens and um it's just like you're walking through a waterfall kind of thing and it, the, the audio was amazing and then you walk through and you're like okay this looks cool um and, and then you don't really and then only after am i reading about like lg is doing like curved uh, or bendable like kind of screens and then I'm like, oh shit, that like cave area, those are all LG screens and they were all bent, like like curved, completely curved. Oh, and I was like, so oh, it, that's it wasn't, super cool. It wasn't projection. It was it was backlit curved screen. Yeah, yeah. And wow, that's cool. Then you kind of appreciate it. But at the time then you walk through like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that that's kinda of cool. And uh So so that, hang on, there's not like an LG person like so now you're about to walk through our our no. really? they just said like something like lg oled 4k something and then you just walk through it's just there's so much if if there was a person i didn't hear him or her there was just um you're just kind of walking from booth to booth and everything's kind of blending together um and and how did you tackle this like is it something where you i I know you had a mission because you were looking at at the kids stuff but like let's say you and i just went to um i don't know we wanted to go like do you do you just like start in the corner and kind of work your like? Do you just, dude? Like, I I I, I kind of messed up, man. I, I okay. So let me let me just just describe like how big of scale this thing is. So sure, yeah. There's like two hundred thousand people who are going to to Vegas, flying there to go to CES. Oh my god. Okay. Um, in CES itself, CES itself is essentially composed of two big showrooms. So there's like in the Sands, which is part of the Venetian. And in the Las Vegas Convention Center, uh, the whole thing, there's like North Hall, South Hall, I think, and the whole building, okay? And inside the the sands, uh, there's one big show, show floor, and I think they were showing um, family, tech, home stuff, anything with the home. And then underneath, there was another place that had a bunch of like startup-y things. Uh, so things that aren't really widely commercialized, um, but those are more like little booths. So it's even same kind of footprint, but packed 
like three four times more than uh, wow. of content more more so than the showroom floor because a big showroom someone might buy like a big uh square footage right and right, they'll have right. like a nice demo and all these things going on but down there everyone just has a booth and it's like a small booth and they're just it's so dense so i don't even know what i'm really looking at but i tried to go from booth to booth and i did it but i was so exhausted by the end of it how, how long did um, it take to go booth to booth like what like what would that have yeah how long i, I think it took me like three hours wow um and then there's inside the building so in the in the sands so in the, or i guess phoenician they have you know obviously a whole bunch of floors but you can go to these different floors and on the floors are other companies who have like private suites and they hold private meetings or some of them are just open to the public too and you can go to these suites and you can check out some of the product there as well um and i was just i didn't know what I, I should have come in more organized, I, I guess, because all, oh, all this yeah. is going on. There's a whole bunch of conference tracks that are happening. So there's a kids one that's happening. There's another one on like AI. There's another one on like the home, another one on sports and all there's like essentially like 20 different conferences that are happening at the same time. Holy cow. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really hard to see. I think it's impossible to see it all. So I think if I were to do it again, what I would have should have done is really spent like a week doing research, finding the specific booths I want to find and mm. then spending mm-hmm. a lot of time at those booths because there's a lot of noise too, a lot of garbage, not, I wouldn't say garbage, but it's just stuff I don't care about. Well, and, and you, you don't get picked for this, right? Like you and I could pay and have a pencil problems booth at CES. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, Maybe. Or, I okay. Well, the, I wonder if there's any specific criteria, but yeah, yeah. You, I, I think you could. You, you could just buy your way in, like any kind of uh, one of these shows, right? These trade shows. Wow. Okay. Um, so you, so you've got like rows on rows of all this stuff. You've got. So you, you were actually going for the conference too, though, like for the for the kids conference. Yeah, and in hindsight, right, right. I probably should have skipped it. I mm. should have just skipped it and hung around the show floors more. Um, you know, it was kind like some of it was kind of useful, um, but a lot of them were pitching products or talking about products that they had on the show floor. So I'd rather have just been with their product and play with their product more than just right. Talk than like like listen to them talk, yeah. Um, because you know they're all going to talk about their product and why it's going to change the world or why it's going to change the life of kids and why it's amazing. And I don't know, it's just like hearing the pitch um, firsthand, right? What was the most outlandish promise you heard? Or like, oh, no, no. What was the most outlandish prediction you heard? Outlandish prediction. Um, I think there's a general outlandish prediction that autonomous driving is going to be like real, real in the next like year or two. And I think year or real two? In, in a year or two. Wow. Okay. And I think... It, I think yes, in terms of like in, you're in a specific course, if the city's mapped out well and if they're going on a specific kind of like almost like a bus, like if there's a specific route that you're going. Right. I, I think that's totally possible. But I think to be like fully autonomous, I, I think that's ways away, you know, to, to have a they're just you need so much infrastructure to be kind of in place for that to even happen, I think. Mm. Um what? Yeah, it's funny. We we got into this debate at work because I have a thousand dollar bet with Christina that 
uh, I think I mentioned this on this on this before that I don't think that our kids who are so Jack's three and a half, Emma's uh, twenty months. I don't think that they're going to drive. Hmm. So I like I don't think Jack will get a driver's license at sixteen. I think he'll get a I'm going to sit and be driven permit, but I don't think he will get a license. I'm pretty convinced about that. And she thinks I'm crazy. She thinks it's like thirty years, um, like closer to thirty years away than than fifteen years away because of not because of technology, but because of like regulation. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do you think? And then uh, uh, Justin, uh, one of our listeners. Hello, Justin, if you're listening. So, um, so he had a good point where like, what about the like, um, you know, middle America, uh, rural Canadian, you know, guys driving the, the pickup trucks. Like, do you think they're going to trade in their pickup truck up in the, up in the country for a self-driving Tesla or Prius? No. And so like, what do you think about, so my counter to that, cause, uh, like, what do you think about the idea that somebody is going to come along in the next two or three years and they'll just be like these kits that you can buy that go onto your car that make them self-driving cars. Yeah, I can totally see that. But, um, you, you still think we're, we're way off. Yeah. Like how far off? Like, like if you had to put a, if you had to like put a, put a date. I, when, when you say, um, when you say fully autonomous, I'm kind of thinking like, there is no kind of driving schools anymore. You don't even need them. I think it'll be illegal for Jack to drive a car when he's 16 years old. Illegal. Like he will not be able to legally under his own free will drive the vehicle. The government will have out, the government will have outlawed human driving because it's the third leading cause of death. And as soon as they start to see that there's progress, if they legislate it, then the number of lives they're going to save are going to be more than like, it's just going to be the, I think it's going to be one of the biggest boons to humanity because it is, I think it's the third leading cause of death in the U S still is um, uh, like motor vehicle accidents. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Christina. I, I don't think it's going to happen in the next like Jack's three and a half. So you're talking the next like 12, 13 years. Yeah. No, you don't no. think so? No, I think okay. it will be a lot more commonplace. I think you're, probably gonna maybe not even see like a lot of buses you're gonna see a lot of like autonomous kind of buses or autonomous um vehicles serving that purpose but i i i don't know i don't i don't think you're gonna you you're gonna it's gonna be outlawed driving's gonna be outlawed by 12, 13 years. there's <laughs> <Okay>. no way <laughs> there's oh, no right. way. so you, you say we're gonna have to make a bet right here yeah all right but, uh yeah. let's bet uh Let's bet uh, half a half a Bitcoin. <laughs> Fine, it's on, man. All right, done. <laughs> half a Bitcoin's gonna buy me a full autonomous vehicle by then. Dude, are you kidding? You're gonna get a you're gonna get a five way ticket to Mars in 2016 <laughs> for uh, for half a Bitcoin. Uh, okay, so, but I, I like that you. Um, I, I I and I'm being kind of silly because I I really do think it's gonna happen faster than we think because only because of the fact that it's the third leading cause of death. Like, I think that a, a couple charismatic politicians will make a case that this is the single biggest thing you could do to, like, they're going to make it about the children and about your kids. Like, we don't want our kids to die. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be this whole campaign around. So 
the same way that seatbelts went from not being in any car to being in every single car within two years after Ralph Nader had his way with the auto industry, I think that it's going to take a couple charismatic consumer safety advocates to go from no seatbelts to seatbelts within two years, and it'll be the same thing for self-driving cars. So it might not happen till like 2014. No, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think there's still the people who have vested interest in oil and gas, and uh, I think they're going to hold things back for a bit. I think there's people in the kind of the used car business who are going to hold things back a bit. The used car um, business? Yeah, who, yeah, man. who in the used car business? Okay, take off your tinfoil hat. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe that was who crazy. is going to? You think you think you think cousin Sal down at uh, Sal's auto yard is going to be uh, is going to be lo- is going to be lobbying the the, the yeah. guy? No, no, I I mean, but cl- clearly we're going to be merging with AI before then anyway. So this will all be it'll all be a moot point. But I think I think you know perfect situation. You have all you have cars talking to other cars, which mean you need kind of standards that are happening across across all the manufacturers. So even for those standards to become standards, is going to take a lot of time. That's fair, uh, and I think I think a good counter to that is, or not a counter, but to help your cause here, to help you get this Bitcoin, half of it yeah. is. Um, I look at, I think we've, I don't know if we talked about CarPlay or Android CarPlay or whatever they call it. Like, why is that not in every car? Like, why am I still using a third party navigation? So if that's taken 10 years, seven years to get into my car, there's probably some really weird fucked up production schedules, logistics. Yeah. Like around cars. So you're right. I mean, um, it, it, when you start factoring in those kind of logistics, I think people like me, are just so optimistic that we don't think about that stuff. And the more I think about it, you're probably right. But um, I, I keep coming back to that seatbelt thing, though, where it was literally nothing. Every car has a seatbelt. And I also think, like, the tech isn't fully there. I think you have, um, you know, the sensors and stuff people uh, have uh, in the existing kind of autonomous vehicles right now uh, are in closed tracks. They're under really good conditions. I want to see what happens when it is like, you know, one of those minus thirty blizzard kind of days in Toronto. Well, but did, when, but that's why but that's why Uber's testing all their stuff in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that, that's cool. I, but I think that stuff is going to take a lot of time. I think you're going to have all these countries or cities that are not mapped out. There's a lot of rural places, um, up in mountains and whatnot that you, they probably don't. Like Google Maps hasn't got there yet. I think there isn't a lot of standardized like um, these are it's looking at certain lines or traffic signs or, you know, some of these places just don't have a lot of those things. Um, what what happens then? And I think if you're going to outlaw driving, this has to be a universal standard, global standard. <laughs> how much is cousin? How much is cousin Sal's auto yard paying you here? Um <laughs> No, no. I mean, okay. I, maybe I went typical Kent fashion, a little extreme here. On, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna double down. No, I, I'm gonna. Okay. I like. That. I, 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 I'm gonna Stick keep your guns. I'm, yeah, I, I'm gonna keep the fact that it'll be. Um, it, it will be illegal for new new kids coming into the of age, like coming into driving age. You will have to get. Let's put it this way: you'll have to get a special permit 
to drive the car. But by default, the car will just drive you. I'll just I'll, I'll go with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by that. So that's Jack's three and a half. So that's twelve years. So what are we at? Uh, that'll be twenty twenty nine. Oh damn! Right. Ray, Ray Kurzweil said that the singularity is happening the next year. So we are we're looking we're looking actually no sorry singularity is like twenty sixty nine. But we will probably start to merge with AI by twenty thirty. So. <laughs> All right. Well, man, aren't you sad you didn't take me to CES? I would have been, I would have been like gobbling up all of it. <laughs> okay, of so the... I thought that. Okay, so okay, we're talking about autonomous vehicles. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So that was the most outlandish thing that you saw. No, I, I don't know if that would be outlandish, but Sorry, it was buddy. the other thing is like you go see the vehicle part, and I'm I'm like, oh, I want to see see all these future cars, and literally a lot of these cars are are a lot of the the cars on display or what people were selling were. I'm NVIDIA and I am backing the technology to do all the sensing or I'm Intel and I'm backing all the technology to do all the sensing or I'm Google Home and I'm going to be the voice control thing or I'm Alexa and I'm going to do voice control or I'm Bixby and I'm going to do voice control. And there's like literally a car for each of these permutations on, on the on the show floor. So I'm like, what am I seeing? I was like, that's a cool car, but what, what are you guys selling here? And I'm like, oh, okay, like you're, you're, you're the tech behind that and... I, I don't really care. Like I just care about being able to be uh, do autonomous driving. You know. Right. Yeah. Like I, um, I would expect like GM and Tesla and um, uh, like well like the, the one car that made waves was that weird concept like minivan or something that had a like a full kind of iPad like wraparound iPad. Did mm. you see that car? You see a lot of so a lot of the car things that they showed were assuming that it was autonomous. So if there was autonomous, there is no real steering wheel, or you don't need a steering right, wheel. Right, right. Um, and then you don't need the driver's seat to be facing forward. So everyone's kind of reimagining what the inside of that car kind of looks like. Um, and you know, it's essentially like you could be in a living room kind of setting. You could be <laughs> right. um, in eating like a dining room, or, yeah, uh, eating yeah. dinner, or you could yeah. be like a um, like a food truck kind of thing. And people can come in and and eat there. It's like a restaurant on wheels kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of thing. So people are reimagining the interior, or if you could just watch basketball on this on the on the window now, uh, or put your TV your favorite TV show up on that. You know, so there's a lot of that kind of thing that just like reimagining like what that interior of that car is gonna look like. And right. uh, that was that was kind of cool to see, I guess. Um, but um, I also think a general big theme of the whole thing was, uh, you know, Alexa was everywhere, Google Home was everywhere, like just voice control was everywhere. Um, and I realized that a lot of the things I saw were probably because there's like an Amazon, there's an Alexa fund that it's like $100 million uh, that Amazon just gives out to people, not $100 million, but of that, I think, to people who are... Um, projects or companies that are building things that are incorporating alexa wow um i saw it everywhere like um and that was it was cool and you i you know i i think it is going to be something of the future um or it's here to stay for sure um but there was one thing that was uh it's called like the Vuzix blade it's kind of like what google uh glasses was supposed to be um so do you remember google glasses like the ar yeah. kind of glasses that they had 
Yeah, with the little, um, it was like a one lens thing with a little projector that shot into your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these actually, it looks pretty good. It looks like just uh, like thicker sunglasses. Um, but oh yeah, I just pulled it up here. Okay. Oh yeah, so just like kind of um, modern-looking Ray-Ban thick kind of black glasses. Yeah, yeah, and um, so essentially the same thing as like the uh, Google Glass in that you could bring up pictures, you could uh, bring up navigation and all that. But it also uses Alexa, which is very nice and easy. Wow. Um, because you want to say, hey, Alexa, uh, what's the weather? And then, boom, it just shows it on your on your screen. Um, so you don't have to fiddle with a whole bunch of weird, funky UI. Um, and it just kind of simplifies things a lot. Um, I didn't actually get to try it. Uh, I couldn't find this. I found read about this like after, and then my friend said he tried it. He said it was really cool, um, and yeah, I don't know. It, but it looks it looks really cool. And from what I'm reading, it sounds like this is like this is everything that Google Glass said it was going to be, and maybe Apple just buys them, and that this is their inroad into AR. Um, yeah, it looks it looks pretty. Um... Yeah, actually, and I'm looking on Product Hunt now because uh, that was the first link I clicked. And it looks like there was a couple of these kind of glasses unveiled at CES, but this one is the most popular. Yeah. Uh, the most popular one. Wow, that's actually really see interesting that it would go with um, that it would tie into Alexa. I don't think I would have thought that was. I, I mean, it makes sense now that you said it, but I, mm -hmm. um, for some reason, I. Yeah, I, I guess it. Uh, like, how else would they have done it? They can't roll their own uh, voice activation stuff, and why? Why would you if it's just a service now? So, um, yeah. D does Google have an API for their voice? Or I know, I know Alexa is an API. Is um, I think so. I don't know. They um, must. They must. They basically go shot for shot now with Amazon on APIs. Yeah. 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 Um. So that that was that was pretty cool. Um. And. Uh, yeah and let's see what else what else was there what sorry the questions were what was the most so, interesting uh yeah like best in show oh, okay then um, most outlandish which we kind of talked about and yeah what was your what was your top three even or like like your what what made you like holy crap this is amazing list Okay, so there's a thing called like sleep number, and I thought it was just kind of hokey. Um, but it's like a bed that adjusts with you, and um, yeah, okay. So you're you're lying on this bed, and then it can detect if you are snoring a lot, in which case it'll start like elevating you a little bit. If you turn to the side, it starts adjusting, so you get maximum support. Hmm. Um. And then it's kind of can track all this information, informatics about how you're doing. And I was like, oh, this is, uh, I thought it was kind of hokey, but I tried it and I was like, oh, this is actually feels really nice. And um, it's not out for public consumption right now. Um, but you can also use like Google Home with that and say like, go to this sleep setting or something. And um, is it like, is it monitoring your sleep, your sleep quality too? Like some of those, yeah, uh, yeah. like those trackers do? That's really cool. Yeah. So it'll tell you how well your sleep is. Um, and I think it's, it just brings it down to like a sleep number, essentially. It'll tell you like how, how well you're, you're, you're sleeping. Interesting. Um, That's kind of neat. Yeah. And then I guess 
in that vein, in some ways, there is like a lot of these like you know, these are kind of the more ridiculous things I thought were kind of ridiculous were um, like uh, the, these toothbrushes that would essentially tell you how you're how you're doing. Um, so you're brushing your teeth and it would tell you that, oh, you missed, uh, you missed your molars a little bit. You could have spent <laughs> a little bit more time on your molars. No um, way. And there's applications of this for kids, but also for adults as well. So the kid version is kind of like you have an AR thing on your, on your phone that you can watch and it looks like you're a monster or something else. And it gives you tips on how you're brushing and gives you, um, just data on that. Um, but I also feel like in the last couple years, we've all been doing a lot of like adding more sensors, adding more tracking. So, you know, even like your Fitbit or whatever else, just keeping track of a lot of information. Right. And I think now you see like the machine learning and how it's everywhere. Um, like there was this one uh, kid application. It's, it's sort of baby um, rearing application, I guess. Like you, uh, you, they partnered with Johnson and Johnson. Uh, fuck, what's the name again? It's called Nod. Nod. And you, you know, you know, like I don't know if you did this, but when your 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 kids were small, um, or babies, like when they slept, you tracked how well they slept. When they drank milk, you tracked how much they ate. Um, or when they pooped, you 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 you're, you're tracking everything. Right, um, right. So this app essentially does that, but then it's pooling. Um, data from a whole bunch of like i think it's like fifteen thousand like pediatricians out there oh and cool so based off of how they're eating sleeping uh pooping or whatever it'll give you recommendations on how you should essentially raise your baby so you need to do this and you, you should put your baby to sleep uh earlier or you should um try to feed more they're not getting enough or you know and i found that to be kind of weird but I can see how people would buy this for sure. Um, but it's also just kind of weird because it's like, I don't think there's one right way to raise a baby and every baby's a little bit different. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting one. Cause I, I mean, this goes back to that conversation you and I had where I think when it comes to sleep, parents will try slash buy anything if they're having trouble with their yeah, kids sleeping. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a perfect, like it makes a lot of sense, but and I don't know what your experience was, but all of our friends who had problems with their kids sleeping, it, it always kind of came down to to food and how much they were eating. So, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I think there's some truth to just like, they kind of wake up when they're hungry. So if you can find a way to optimize how they utilize their energy, maybe. Mm-hmm. So if you were kind of pulling all that data, I can see there being some, some quick wins. But yeah, if it was starting to give you... Uh, if it was kind of giving you more advice than that, I feel like it's a little bit of a stretch because like how, yeah, how could well, it possibly know anything else? Right. Well, when I walked by their booth, their, their pitch was like, Hey, this app will help your, help you sleep train your baby. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. I was like, which okay, so, cool. Which is a pretty popular thing to do. So, yeah. Um, so anyways, it, but it, it's like, you know, I've, we're at the machine learning age where it's like, we're taking all these sensors and we are trying to, the machine is going to tell us how to kind of run our life, um, which is what? scary and weird. So did you see anything about um, my holy grail is 
kind of the Apple Watch is getting close from a biometric standpoint, but mm-hmm. like how far away are we? Did you see anything around kind of the quantitative self and you know, when it comes to monitoring vitals unobtrusively, like, was there any, like for, for us though, not for babies, do you see anything like that? Uh, there was a lot of these like watches. Um, it's always a watch. I want, I want a patch. Like I want, I want to put a patch on my butt so, that so, no one's going to see. And I want it to only... tell me if I'm in ketosis, how much sugar I'm eating, you know, if I'm getting <laughs> enough sleep, you so know, what my... There was a patch for uh, uh, babies for telling you like if they're overheating, telling like you stick it on them and you can see like what their temperature is and stuff. Um, but another interesting thing was um, they had these sunglasses for driving, and it would detect if you are getting sleepy and it would just vibrate. It would anticipate that you're getting sleepy and it would That's vibrate cool. and, and warn you, or uh, if. It would anticipate different things. Like it's too bright, it would warn you. I don't know. They had different kind of um, situations, and you can just swap out the handle for the different situations you want. And they look like Ray Bans or something. Look like they look nice. Yeah, um, but but okay, but but here's the problem. Like, so you've got the other ones you talked about, mm-hmm. the the AR ones. Mm-hmm. Now you've got these ones that vibrate. Like, how? Do, there's no way those kind of things unless somebody like Apple or Google can can unify them into some like one platform you're not going to walk around with a $400 pair of vibrating sunglasses in your car and then go to your office and put on another $400 pair of augmented reality sunglasses <laughs> like we're going to look like a bad a bad 80s movie where we just have everyone's just wearing sunglasses all over the place um but you know it's another way of just detecting this kind of stuff um or just yeah just reading the information sending it back to you um what else was there there was uh, probably the most hokey thing i saw um was um it was essentially using vr for exercise so you go you had to it was a huge lineup to do this and i tried lining up and then after i started reading more about what this thing actually was because on the booth it just shows like super fit people and it's like the future of exercise or something i'm like whoa this is cool and you start lining up and you realize oh it's they're essentially you're wearing a vr headset and you're playing a game and you're doing exercises to win this game so you have like a target far away that you have to shoot them but in order to shoot them you have to do like bench presses or um, like shoulder presses or different kind of exercises, motions. And I'm like, I don't know, man. If you're not motivated to exercise, like, is this really going to help you? Like, you got to go put some <laughs> VR glasses on, get into this. I don't know, man. Like, it didn't really work for the Connect after a while. Like, I don't think it's going to work here, but yeah, uh, who knows? It, it reminds me of one of my favorite interactions I had with my dad where he came home, like, one day and I'm, I'm in my living room on like a beautiful sunny summer's day and I'm running on the spot with my Nintendo Wii controller. <laughs> like watching my little avatar run this like stupid little track and he's, he just looks at me and he's like, you're an idiot. Go outside. And uh, yeah, I, I think that if you... <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it, it's, it's cool like that they're... 
Um, I can't wait for people to start making claims like all you have to do is lift weights in virtual reality and then somehow you're going to get stronger in the real world. That would be pretty <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Some like crazy um, mind body. Uh, they had like these devices. They had this, <laughs> they had this uh, other device that was for um, uh, folding your clothes. Like it's a machine that automatically folds your clothes. Nice. Um, and it took it actually took a while for it to happen. But he's like, it doesn't matter. It's automated. It's fine. But it's not really automated. You have to feed your shirt in. And I'm like, in the time it takes you to feed the shirt in, you could have just folded it. But um, I don't know. It was kind of funky. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. Why don't you think anyone's ever invented a washing machine? Okay. Imagine a washing machine where you have the clothes go in on the top. Okay. And then when the cycle's done, they drop below into the dryer and then the dryer just turns on. Yeah. I, uh, there was actually, I was YouTubing this a little bit after I was looking up the folding clothes thing. It's called Foldy Mate. Um, Panasonic was demoing something like that, uh, as like a proof of concept that it, um, it basically washes, dries, and then folds it for you. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to say, if you get this folding thing in here, now you got your, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's, that's the other thing. Like you go to these, uh, um, you go to the show and it's like Samsung has like this massive kind of footprint and you go and then you see their kitchen and I'm like, okay like i don't really know what i'm seeing here and it's just like a giant kitchen and they're doing a walking tour through this and then you see some guy talking about bixby and how he's like i'm gonna i just have to scan your your a food item it's gonna tell you exactly the amount of calories and this and that and it'll tell you exactly what this food is i'm like are you sure like i've tried this with like google before it never gets it properly totally right and it's probably working for you guys because this is like a plastic piece of food that you guys have like preset here um and you see a lot of that stuff as well yeah i did get into the the whirlpool kind of area and check out their kitchen and um i I realized a lot of people are doing this where they partner with like an app so i don't know if this is old or not but this is new to me but um like whirlpool they bought this app company called like yumly and um, basically you take your phone and then you can scan and see what is in your fridge right now and it'll recommend recipes based off what's in your fridge. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then if there's stuff that you don't have, you can basically order directly on the app and it'll send it to you from like Instacart. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, I, I think that stuff just makes a lot of sense. Once it gets good enough that you don't have to sit there and scan your fridge if it can scan it for you or something that would be yeah that'd be pretty game changer yeah and then like samsung they have like their like uh, a smart hub and i think you can also um it's basically i think cameras into your fridge so if you're out you can look inside your fridge and see what you actually have um and then there's other companies that their apps like they look at what you have in there it tells you like this is um, how many calories like a, this carrot is, has right now or oh, this food is about to go bad here's some recipes you should be thinking about for that food um, and then there's like the whole idea of like the connected kitchen so you have like I think it was a Yumly the Whirlpool one but basically you could uh, send heating instructions to your oven so your oven can just turn on and start preparing or you can like scan bar barcodes of like frozen food and it'll adjust your oven for you 
uh, based on your preferences. Like, do you want hmm. your your pizza to be extra crispy or do you want it to be soggy? I don't know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I've got one of these companies that's doing like guided cooking. So if you wanted to say cook a steak, we didn't know how it would kind of give you uh, instructions on how to do that and prep prep it for you. Um, and so then there's also like, uh, you know, Alexa has like, I think, I think it's called Alexa show and Google has one now too, where it's like voice command, but they have a screen as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to kind of be in the kitchen as well. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, the guided cooking is weird in a way because it automates some of these things for you. And then I don't know, like it just, it's weird because like, this is the inevitable future where really I can see computers just taking over everything. And but they would actually like cook for you too. Kind of. Yeah. And then you just don't even know how to cook anymore or you don't <laughs> even know how to drive. You don't know how to do all these different things. Well, um, it'll be illegal to drive. It'll be yes, sorry. unsafe to cook for yourself because yes. you might cut yourself and then you'll get yeah. gangrene and like, who wants that? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, have you seen those robotic arms in those, that restaurant that, that cooks, in japan or something oh yeah, like, yeah 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 like that's kind of like it's scary but it's yeah. totally it's gonna happen too right where you'll have these robotics just doing um uh, we're, we're basically yeah. heading for we're heading for universal basic income where we all just sit in virtual reality and play second life and yeah. and that's probably where we are now like that's probably what this reality is where we're just hooked up to an, a voluntary matrix yeah. and um you know there's no red or blue pill man we just took the we just took the i don't know yellow pill and uh just opted in but there's one thing that is i i, I saw and i was like shit i gotta tell kent this is um this is actually came out i think last year but it's lenovo did a partnership with like star wars and yep. If only you should look this up right now because it's essentially a headset where you put your phone in and it's like an AR game and you could have like a lightsaber battle with like Darth Vader, Darth Maul. Um, I don't know who else you can fight. Oh, you know what? So I saw this at Best Buy over yeah, the Christmas yeah. break and yeah. I was ready to buy it, but it was yeah. so expensive that yeah. I I was just like, oh, I can't justify like if someone wants to buy this for me, this would be kind of a cool, out there, <laughs> very expensive gift. But um, but I was also blown away that they would have spent so much time and effort on this like standalone thing. Yeah, I mean, because I always thought that the the headsets were kind of controlled by one or two people, but then when I saw this at, at Best Buy, I'm like, oh, I guess is there money for? Like would would Nintendo would all these companies just have their own? I, I mean, Nintendo is a bad example. Of course, it would have its own its own hardware. But it just got me thinking: like, is there going to be a market one day for these all in one experiences where you kind of like throw the glasses away when you're done? Like, there's just like they 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 build these custom hardware exactly for that experience. I don't know. Anyway, I thought that I I have seen. I haven't played it, but I've I've definitely seen it before. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but they, they won a Cappy Award as well. So I, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've never seen, actually seen this. Um, but then also the, 
a big in the kids space i think one thing that was like everywhere was like here's how you program something in like scratch or something else and you can control a robot um and there was a whole bunch of different variants of that same idea um so that was kind of yeah that's cool neat yeah um but yeah i don't know It, it wasn't i don't think there was anything that really kind of blew my mind um i was just kind of pissed like i I should have been a little bit more i think organized because there was even uh lyft had a um, autonomous uh kind of cab that was just driving people around like within the within the the space no like it was on the street but it was driving people from like one conference center to the other oh that's cool yeah um i couldn't even find it it was because the place is so massive i couldn't find where this thing is and then when i did find it it was the line was like massive i I got you get it so it's almost like uh, when you go to like Disneyland or something, like you have to kind of plot out your 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 route before you get there to make sure you you get to see what you want to see. Yeah, like I was going in, I had some things in mind, but I was going in kind of like, oh, I'm just gonna take it all in, and I, I think that 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 wasn't the best <laughs> that best approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, hey, dude, I'm uh, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings uh, upstairs here, so I might. Uh, do, do you mind if we uh yeah, if, we sort of, if we if we yeah. call this now because I think uh one of my kids might be either sick or up or something like that because there's normally not this much activity so uh yeah okay. I better go I better go check do it out. <laughs> do your thing, dude. Do your thing. All right, um, man. But um, right. Uh, well, hey, did did you did you think we got all the the stuff on on CS or should we should we do another one uh another one next week? No, I think this is good, man. This is good. I think if you want to see what happened to CS, you can kind of just Google this. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think The Verge had really good, uh, really good stuff. I, I like, I like the stuff you mentioned. I hadn't seen a lot of that, so thanks for, uh, yeah. thanks for that update. Uh, all right, dude. Have all right, day, cool. Man. Yeah, great to, uh, great to talk again, and we'll see you next week. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. See you. Uh, so. But it's but it's, by saying everything, it's not going to be it's never going to be perfect. No system is going to be perfect. But if you say it's perhaps, um, it's it, it the, the car is unlikely to crash in a hundred lifetimes or a thousand lifetimes, then people are like okay wow. If I would live a thousand lives, I would still most likely never experience a crash. Then that's probably okay.